welcome to Novel Thoughts, a book chat podcast hosted by me, Sapphire Bates. And me, Michelle Thomas. And me, Joseph Dance. Three book lovers from East Kent. Every week, one of us will pick a book, maybe an old favourite or something they've just read and loved. And the three of us will read and discuss it. We'll also chat about what culture we've consumed that week and take questions from you, our lovely listeners. Hello, hello. Welcome back to our second special episode where today we'll be talking about books we literally cannot wait to read in 2024. Plus, we'll be shining a light on our own reading habits and trying to answer that age-old question that every passionate reader has been asked at least once, if not many times before. How exactly do you read so much? But before we get to that, we just want to say a huge thank you for all of the support you, our lovely listeners, have shown us since we launched Novel Thoughts in December 2023. We love reading your emails and comments. We love getting your recommendations. And in return, we love that we have the opportunity to help you find your next must-read book. Please do continue to send in your recommendation requests to ntpramsgate at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram at novelthoughts underscore pod. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. So, Joseph, shall we get into Hello. what we are excited for? Let's jump straight in. Okay, you go first. So these are the new releases that we cannot wait to read in 2024. So oh, I yeah. am excited to read Your Utopia, which is the new collection of short stories by the Korean author Bora Chung. I loved Cursed Bunny. I know you loved it too. And we've I talked did. about it on the show. I thought it was a really inventive first short story collection. And I really enjoyed the way the stories blended influences from Korean and Slavic mythology. Um, and that first story, The Head, I mean, that's going to stay with me for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I still think about it now. So I'm really looking forward to reading this newest collection, which is out in January, I believe, next year. Um, and I hear this time around that um, Chung will be leaning more towards science fiction with stories about AI elevators falling in love killer GM crops and immortal celebrities. So I cannot wait to read that. Um, and just going to pull you up there, Joseph, you said next January. Do you mean this January? Because we're mean, recording in 2023. I do mean next year in 2024. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, my whole life just fast forwarded in front yeah. of me. Thank you. I was like, wait, are we doing 2025 recommendations? <laughs> Not yet. What are you excited to read? What's your okay. first one? The book I'm most excited to read in uh, 2024 is Sandwich by Catherine Newman. Says the woman who doesn't like food in books. It's not a food book. This is definitely not a food book. Um, so this is published by Penguin. It comes out on the 6th of June. So Catherine Newman's first one was We All Want Impossible Things. So that came out January oh. 2023. Did you read it? No, I've heard of the title. Mm, beautiful, beautiful novel, which I still think about now. She's a superb writer and I'm just really excited for this new one. Um, essentially, it's about this kind of main character who is sandwiched between her sort of semi-grown-up children and her still alive and well parents. And it's they go on this trip. I think they go to Cape Cod, as far as I know. Um, I don't have a copy in my hands yet, but fingers crossed. Um, and it's it's kind of like this family novel. She's so good, Catherine, at writing characters and and the ways that they interact the relationships just mm, 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 mm. chef's kiss i'm so excited sounds fantastic okay so my second book that i want to read in 2024 <laughs> is knife meditations after an attempted murder by salman rushdie and this is out in april next Ooh. year next year being 2024 yes yeah. <laughs> so um this was confirmed back 
in October 2023, I think, by Penguin Random House, who are publishing mm. it in the UK. And in fact, Rushdie did tell the audience at the Hay Literary Festival this year um, that he was working on a new short book and that it was something he needed to get past before he could do anything else, before he could write his next novel. Ooh. So um, his most recent novel, Victory City, came out uh, this year, 2023. Um, but that was apparently written before he was attacked. So this is going to be the the newest publication subsequent mm. to what very sadly happened to him in, in New York State. Um, I've been a long-time fan of Rushdie's fiction and I did enjoy his last memoir, which was Joseph Anton. I thought that was very, very funny and very witty. That came out over a decade ago now um, and went into, um, as I'm sure you'll know, a lot of detail about how his life changed following the fatwa that was put on him following the publication of the Satanic Verses. Mm. Um, so I'm excited to read about another chapter in his life, albeit quite a grisly one, but I'm hoping there's a there's a ray of hope there. Yeah, that's definitely, that's got to go on my list. That yeah. It looks really good. It does. What, um, what's your next pick? Uh, Nuclear Family by Kate Davies. Mm. So published by HarperCollins. It's out on the 24th of Feb, 2024. Um, so I adored her first novel, which was In at the Deep End. It was so funny. Um, it was kind of a queer rom-com of sorts. I'm sold. And I've been patiently hoping that she'd write another novel for ages. Um, I recommend this one all the time to customers that, that are after something different. They want to have a bit of a laugh out, actually out loud. Um, a lol, if you will. A ruffle. <laughs> a lameo. A lameo. <laughs> so i yeah i i don't know what's in store with us for nuclear family i haven't read too much about it um but i really want to read this one this is a good enough reason for me yeah what's your next one so um, my next and final selection mm -hmm. although i do have an honorable mention as well um but my next book i'm incredibly excited to read the new uh, rachel cusk novel called parade have you Ooh, heard about this it's out I, next year in june no i didn't i feel like i came to rachel cusk um quite late i only started reading her properly in 2014 mm. um when she released the first book in her outline trilogy um but she's been publishing novels since 1993 can you believe that that's a long time isn't saving it? agnes came out in 1993 well um i wasn't even born i was 11 um <laughs> i i don't know a lot about the plot of this new novel but i was intrigued to read a short description on the publisher's website which said parade is a novel about art womanhood and violence one which confronts and upends the conventions of storytelling midway through his life an artist begins to paint upside down in paris a woman is attacked by a stranger in the street a mother dies couples seek escape in distant lands I mean, it kind of sounds a little bit like a short story collection. Mm. Um, and one of the strands, the woman being attacked by a stranger in Paris, sounds really similar, in spirit at least, to a story Cusk published in The New Yorker last year, which I'd really recommend, and I'll put it in the show notes. But we'll see. I mean, her novels are a big deal, and I still can't wait to read this one. Yeah, I don't know where I land with her. I, I She's a really good writer, but... She is. Yeah, who knows? I'm going to read it. She'll be pleased to get that feedback. Yeah, of course. I mean, strong. It's going to be really help her to, to yeah. improve her Eight craft. Eight out of ten, Rachel. <laughs> really trying. So my final one that I'm excited for in 2024 is Small Hours by Bobby Palmer. 
So published by Headline, it's out on the 14th of March, 2024. So uh, Bobby's debut was Isaac and the Egg. Did you read it? No, no, but I want to. <laughs> so good. And I've seen a lot of publicity for this new book. Yes. I Again, I, I don't really know what to expect from Small Hours, but Bobby has really great taste in the books that he reads himself. And Isaac and the Egg was one of those books that I class as weird and wonderful. It featured a kind of... Um, like an alien egg type thing i won't say too much more if you've not read it but it, it, brilliant book um and smart and funny and really well written and dealt really well with mental health it was it was really good um so this is his next one small hours and i just excited for it you know when you just you just read a debut and it stays with you and you're just waiting for the author to do yeah. something else that's where i'm at with this so roll on the 14th of march Amazing. Can I give you my honourable mention? Yeah, go on then. Okay, so my honourable mention is Until August by Gabriel, Gabriel Garcia Marquez, which comes out in March next year. Um, and this is being promoted as a bit of a publishing miracle, and it really is. It's the lost novel of an extraordinarily popular world-renowned author who I think he's been dead for almost a decade now. Mm. Um, so whoever discovered this at Penguin Random House probably um, got a very well-deserved promotion yeah, it's a short rise. it's absolutely <laughs> hopefully they got some money it's a short novel it's only 126 pages but if you're a fan of marquez's work like i am reading anything new by him at this point is an exciting prospect mm. um and i mean if they publish his tax returns next year i'd read them as well so <laughs> yeah, I, did, I just don't care if he's got his name <laughs> on it um and i really love his writing and i think we've talked about his writing before you know that beautiful mix of family saga magical realism political discourse mm. um and i just can't wait to read this one that that does sound good. I, I didn't even know that had been found. So yeah, that's a pretty good honorary mention. I'll give you that. Under the bed. So we need to talk about reading, Joseph. We do. I kind of feel like everyone's talking about reading, but I feel like mm -hmm. we need this conversation. We do. And I feel like, you know, this is coming going to come out on the 3rd of January. And it's a time when people are kind of setting challenges for themselves, potentially, or figuring out, like kind of reviewing what what happened with their reading last year or this year. You know, this is this is a weird yeah. one to record on the cusp of a new year. But yeah, I, I wanted to kind of interrogate you a little bit. You know, where where are you at with it? Do you let's start with this. Do you tr do you track your reading? I used to track my reading. And I think the main reason I used to track my reading because I was addicted to Goodreads. Mm. But I don't really use Goodreads anymore. Um, primarily because of a few reasons. It's kind of linked to tracking reading. Can I run you through them? Yeah, yeah. So I find... The app, and I'm I, okay, I'm singling out Goodreads, but there are other apps available and we will mm. talk about them. But I find the app really annoying. Um, and this is a really shallow reason, but I don't find it very intuitive. Mm. And um, I feel that that kind of slows me down when I want to make book lists and when I want to track my reading. And another really silly thing, and we have talked about cover prejudice a lot on this pod, is Goodreads uses the American covers for all of the books. Yeah, it and seems a bit unfair. It does. And I really want that link between the physical book I'm enjoying and the digital record. If I'm going to bother to put it into the system, it's got to look right. And Goodreads doesn't do that. The second reason I hate Goodreads, this is our new part, <laughs> yes. why I hate Goodreads. <laughs> Sorry, Goodreads. We were never going to get a sponsorship from them anyway. No, unlikely. So They're faceless. Continue. We don't want sponsorship from them anyway, cretins. Joke. <laughs> so they turn everything about reading into metrics. Mm. and reading has never been competitive for me. I don't have a competitive bone in my body, and I'm not even interested in competing with myself, you know, like mm. breaking your own personal best for the year or whatever. I just find that really cringy. 
yeah, and unnecessary. So you don't set you wouldn't set yourself like a numerical goal. I don't. But you <laughs> pointed at me when you said that I do not. <laughs> Just finger of judgment. <laughs> I feel like ringing a bell. Shame. I do not set goals for the year, but I do have reading projects, which I think is something a bit different. Okay. What's I, a reading project? Well, I kind of think like a reading project is. So I yeah. So I don't have a number of books that I want to read per month or per year, but I do set myself reading projects which I think are much more enjoyable and are less about the numbers so can I tell you about my two big reading challenges no okay yeah, of course you can <laughs> so my one for next year 2024 um and one for the next three years so I have like oh wow I'm like an accountant of books <laughs> like I'm saying I'm, I'm not bothered about the metrics but I am so I have yeah I have one for short term and one for midterm I was going to say my five-year plan but I, I appreciate that makes me sound like chairman Mao it does so I, my one for the short term is I want to read all of um, Emile Zola's... He's like this French novelist. Do you know him, 19th century? I feel like you've mentioned him to me before, but I can't say that I personally I've spoken know him. at you about him, and yes. I've seen the words literally rebound off of your closed <laughs> eyelids. So I'm really glad that you're a captured audience at the moment. So one of my reading projects... I'm just... I'm really interested in his books. He has a really mm. fascinating way of talking about French society at that time, late 19th century. It's, you know, he talks about um, a big family. There's the Rougeons, there's the Macars. One side is poor, one side is rich. And there's 20 novels. And I like that kind of challenge. I like the idea that I'm going to be spending 20 novels with a group of people who I might like, I might not. Yeah. I mean, I find that quite exciting. So I'm going to do that over the next year. So that's an example. So that's of, the short term. That's the short term reading project. And you're going to regret asking about the long term one, which is Go on. Balzac's The Human Comedy. I can literally see you flatlining now. So this <laughs> is another French writer. Pardon. And um, he has a huge cycle of interlinked novels called mm -hmm. The Human Comedy. And I intend to read them over the next five years. Oh, I mean... I mean, how? I'm just because I'm just questions. Yeah, <laughs> many, many, Joseph. What happens if you kind of change your mind Die. over? Yeah, yeah, there's that. But what if you change your mind over the next kind of three or so years, three to five years? Well, I don't know about you, and I haven't asked you about your reading projects. But for selfish, me, but. selfish part needs must. I find I can take on projects like this mm. over a year or a couple of months, even, and I can read other things in between. It's yeah. just like, I don't know, it's just like a nice list of books that I can keep going back to um, that I want to keep tucking into. Um, and they're sandwiched in between all the new fiction that I'm reading, the non-fiction, the other classics I'm exploring. But I'm interested in your reading projects. Do you have reading projects? No, but I really do like that terminology. I think that's really nice. It takes away the kind of like the pressure, I think, by calling it a project, this idea that it's like something you know it makes me think of kind of like scrapbooking and things like that you know like where you'd have like a scrapbook project or a journal project yeah it gives me those kind of vibes where I'm doing this because it's fun um rather than I'm doing this because I'm gonna post it on the internet don't know if that's a bit of a dig I'm but not gonna post this on the internet exactly that's that's my point like this is where I think all the numerical stuff that's where the pressure comes from right we start to put numbers on everything because we want to look good to strangers on the internet yes absolutely so um, do you track your reading in any way well i did i did this year i never have before um and i did it just for totally selfish reasons so i didn't do it i i feel exactly the same way as you do about goodreads i used um a new app story graph 
I hate Storygraph. Do Sorry, you? Sorry, Storygraph. That's so, more sponsorship we're not going to be getting anytime yeah, soon. You're just ruining all our potential future options. Um, I used it because I really like the stats and it was just personally selfish. I have like, I haven't, I don't follow anyone. Nobody follows me. I used it purely because I've never tracked my reading before. And I was very, I had no idea how much I read. People always say, well, how much do you read? And I'm kind of like, I don't really know. Like yep. just the answer is constantly. But what that equates to numerically, I don't know. Um, and I just thought it would be really interesting to do it for a year and see see what the results were. So, yeah, I managed to <laughs> actually surprisingly stuck to it for the year. Um, so I have a year where I've tracked. And um, what did you find out? Lots of stuff. Um, so I it tracked like so I could see like the number of pages. So so far this year, I've read 40,629 pages, which is pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. I can't even get my head around that. I just don't think of books in terms of pages. I yeah, mean, so I, obviously you, they're there, but... Mm, it gives you the number of books and then it gives you the pages as well. So, you, like, you can either have the number of books that you've read. I've read 120 so far. And then you can have number of pages, which I just find fascinating. Yeah. Like, I don't know what you do with that information, but it's interesting. Um, and then it shows you, yeah, like the... It shows you how much fiction you read, how much non-fiction, all on these pretty little pie charts. So if you like visual stuff very nice um it shows you the moods that you're drawn to so like my popular mood uh, my most popular kind of mood was emotional then reflective followed by dark so the one that i had the least unsurprising yeah the least for was light-hearted unsurprising only, a, only tiny sliver on my pie chart it shows you the pace do you tend to read fast paced books slow pace medium pace oh that is interesting maybe i need to give story graph another go yeah. do you know to, to give it its due, I think I checked it out when it was in a beta version. So I, maybe I need to go mm. back to Storygraph. I found it fascinating. And, and I, don't, I don't mind a numerical thing. What I don't like is when it becomes something to either brag about or to drag other people down. Um, either way, I don't really love that side of things. I don't think reading should be like a brag. It should be something we do because we love it. I mean, yeah. I read because I absolutely love books. I love I just love reading and that's why I do it constantly. And I think I think that's the key, isn't it? I think by mm. all means collect the data, but use it for something positive. Yeah. Use it to understand where the gaps are maybe in, in your reading experience and, you know, authors and genres that maybe you want to investigate or you should investigate, but don't use that data to beat yourself up or to brag. Yeah. It, it just seems to be, yeah, there seems to be a lot of kind of shaming in the book world at the moment, especially like on on our social media platforms. I say ours, not ours. I don't own them and I don't mean our pages. Um, just on social media. You know, like this whole, how how could you read that many books? Like, do you do you not have a job? Do you not have a no, family? We don't have do you jobs. not have friends? <laughs> no, no family, no friends, no jobs. <laughs> Vats in, we're brains in a vat, yeah. just reading books all day. I mean, that's exactly, of course, what we're doing. It's not like we could have bills to pay um and people seem to do it the other way too like people that don't read as much you get the people that do read a lot being like oh you only read this many books and i just we lose the purpose of why we read yeah. which is personal to each of us but i read because i find it so i find it riveting and i find it relaxing right so i'm like drawn in i love the escapism of diving into another story or learning if it's non-fiction but then also just that's how I chill out. Like that's a reset for me. I have to read every day. Like I have to dive into some pages and enjoy myself. Absolutely. Me too. I mean, I read a lot because it's my main form of relaxation, as you say. 
and intellectual stimulation. And I read a lot because I actively choose not to do other things. And I know we've both talked about that brilliant Pandora Sykes essay on her Substack books, books and bits. Yes. And it was like a watershed moment where she said, guys, I can read a lot because I go to bed at seven. I can read a lot because I don't do all this cooking stuff. I don't go out to the gym every day. Reading is my passion and I devote time to it. And I think that's really important to remember when anyone says to me, how do you find the time to read? It's Which they do often. It's literally all I do. It's my main pastime. So yeah, obviously I'm going to get through a lot of books every year. I don't necessarily count them, but those pages do stack up quite quickly. Yeah, and I mean, I'm in the same boat. I, I, I just can't tell you how many times people say, how do you read so much? As though there is some kind of magic answer, like as though I've got some kind of trick up my sleeve that means I can get through more books than, than someone quote unquote normal, you know? And that's not really the case. It just is that there's always a book in my bag. I read every night before bed. I read on the sofa I don't cook the dinner. So while Nick's cooking my dinner for me, I'm reading a book. I will read on a lunch break rather than like scrolling through my phone. I will put on an audio book if I'm in the car. Like, you know, I just make time to do it. I would rather that than sit and watch a series, you know, to read a book or or consume some kind of book. And I just, I don't really think it's rocket science. I, and, I, and I don't think there's anything wrong with not reading a lot either. Like I... It shouldn't really matter. I don't know why we get so hung up on it. I think as soon as you put your pressure, put pressure on yourself to read more, right? To be like, oh, I want to be able to read that much. You know, there's people that read more than me. I want to be able to read as much as that person over there. Surely that takes the fun out of reading if you're having to kind of try and race through something. And I think it's really difficult to compare two lifestyles. Mm. Um, everyone is different, but I kind of feel that this is what Bookstagram and BookTok have kind of accelerated. Mm. I mean, those social media platforms are all about us comparing ourselves to other people. Um, and we don't get to see behind the scenes. But okay, to make this flip this on, on its head and make this a little bit more um, positive, and we talked about a few of the things we do to integrate reading into our life. Yes. What would be the advice that we give to someone when they say, oh, you read so much. I, you know, I want to read. How 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 do I do that? I mean, you've already said... You use physical books, you use a Kindle, you use audiobooks, you, you know, you, you bookend your days, boom, boom, with reading. What else can we suggest to people? Uh, it's a time thing, isn't it? So I would be suggesting like, okay, then it just, it might be that you try to go to bed half an hour earlier and you read for that 30 minutes. Um, or it might not be that you sit in bed if you're someone that falls asleep straight away. You could get up half an hour earlier. I mean, I love my sleep, so absolutely no way. Am I getting up earlier? Yeah, I'm not doing that. But whatever that looks like for you, finding a point in your yeah. day and being like, you've got to make it a routine, right? So every day for this amount of time, even if that's five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever that looks like for you, find that little wedge of time. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd also say, read genres that you enjoy. Don't feel that you need to slog through the, yes. the, the newest book in a genre that you're not interested in if you love historical fiction read that read philippa gregory don't go out of your way to read all of the new mm. contemporary family sagas because you're probably going to dnf stuff 100 percent. and if you you know like maybe you really like thrillers but you kind of don't read that many of them because you feel judged because they're not that literary you know they're not on the prizes totally. they're not what the book talkers are sharing like it doesn't matter reading should be fun so read whatever you are drawn to like i'm all for that and can we take the shame because i i said dnf 
can we take the shame out of DNFing? I mean, it's 100%. taken me, it's taken me a long time to feel like I can just toss a book aside when it, I'm not, I'm not getting on with it. And I think I've I've kind of got to a place where I've got a strategy that works for me, which is mm. I normally give a book seventy to eighty pages. I feel like by that point you've got over the scene setting, you know the main characters. If it's not working for you at that point, you have every right to put that book down. Yeah, I am. I'm so with you there. I am not. I'm so for kind of DNFing. I'm not against it in any way. I think if you're not having fun and it's not doing it for you, put it aside. I mean, I'm a massive mood reader, so it's not unusual me for me to read 20 pages, put a book down and be like, actually, I'm going to come back to that at another point. And sometimes I will come back to it. Sometimes I never will. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say, because there's, there's so much online about how quickly people read books, you know, when the, the Harry Potter books came out, years ago people were saying oh i've read this book that's a thousand pages overnight embrace slow reading if you're a slow reader that's absolutely fine i mean i'm a naturally fast reader i think you are as well saf mm. but i don't read every book quickly no and i go through periods like i have reading slumps like there are periods where i read a ton and then there's periods where i read a lot less or i read a lot more slowly and i you know just depends on my state of mind all sorts of things the weather um, and there's, again, no shame in that. Like, it's about doing you and kind of like almost staying in your lane with it. Like, just do what feels right for you. Also, charity shop hunting is a good one. So if monetary yes, uh, kind of financial stuff holds you back from being able to like read more, charity shop hunting. So I quite like to just pick a village somewhere. Like, I mean, I'm wearing Kent in Ramsgate, but I'll go over to like Deal or somewhere like that and I'll spend an afternoon and they've got like eight charity somewhere shops. Somewhere posh. And I'll go, yeah, I mean, the posh are the better because you might get some good books. Yeah, you're going to find the Rachel Cusk. Yeah, and then you'll like, you just go through and hunt, maybe get yourself a coffee or take a coffee with you and just hunt through and see what you can find. Reading and retail therapy is why mm -hmm. we're here. So, oh yeah. Yeah, I think that there's some really positive kind of takeaway points um, from that discussion and you know I feel like I don't know but I feel like people feel like reading is yet like one more thing they need to add to their list you know mm. are they drinking enough water in the day are they doing their yoga are they have fit they enough their friends back yeah are they having enough sex have they walked the dog and it doesn't have to be like that no it doesn't it should be fun and if it's not you don't have to do it that's the other thing yeah I feel like it's got a bit trendy and I've been a reader since you know, I was a reader when it was un not that cool and I'm still a reader now and I'm sure I still will be when it goes back out of fashion. Um, it's really got to be unique to you. You've got to do it because you like it. Absolutely. Okay. Well, thank you for having that conversation with me. No problem. Um, I, I think there's loads more we could say on it, but I, I wanted us to touch on it. It's the start of the year. People are going to be panicking about, you know, how much they're going to read, what they did last year etc 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 so i thought it'd be interesting to touch on it but now we have reached that part of the show where we try to help one of our listeners find their next must read book are we ready we are ready born ready for, for, for books Woo! so <laughs> our request today comes from peter hello novel thoughts i recently read clara and the sun by ishiguro it's a touching but lightly written a novel about AI and being a single mother, about conscious robots and their gods, about teenage love and about life and death. I'd be very grateful if you could please suggest a novel or novels with the same kind of sensibility. Thank you. Okay. What have you got, Joseph? Right. Well, if you haven't already, Peter, I would... Well, by the way, thank you for that recommendation. Great question. If you haven't already, I would say read more Ishiguru. Is that... Yeah, I, yeah. I don't no, know. I made that in the notes. He's got a big backlist. Yeah, absolutely. He's a Nobel Prize winner. You know, it's all good. The two books that I picked out are The Unconsoled and Le Never Let Me Go. 
um, and they kind of spring to mind as good companion reads to mm. um, Clara and the Sun. I would say if you're specifically looking for good fiction about AI, I would recommend Shawn Michaels' Do You Remember Being Born? And I talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jungle House by Julianne Pacheco, which I'm hoping we'll talk about on a later episode. Yes. And that's a new release and that looks fantastic. I'd also recommend The Memory Police by Yoko Ogawa. Have you read this one? Yes, it's one of my favourite books. Oh, it's one of my favourite books. So ah. it's kind of like a gentle hypnotic novel mm-hmm. um, that is also set in the near future this time in a dystopian society where, I don't know how to describe it, kind of like objects, people and ideas are being like erased by the state. And it's, it's just so perfect. Mm-hmm. I think it would be a really great read after Clara and the Sun. 100%. What's your recommendation? Um, so get like similar to you, I thought, well, if you're specific to, if you're thinking along the lines of like specifically AI, then Annie Bot, which I did mention, that's coming out um, 2024 by Sierra Greer. Um, that's all about what it means to be human and it's kind of a love story of sorts. Um, that's really good. I also thought The Fish by Joanne Stubbs. So slightly apocalyptic, features climate change, but it's really beautiful written and it's got that same kind of weird aspect as Clara and the Sun, um, but equally has the beautiful writing and the the other aspects to it. Um, and then I also thought maybe Sea of Tranquility by Emily St. John Mandel. Yes. Same author that did Station Eleven. Yeah. Um, but Sea of Tranquility is a bit more beautiful and... Yeah, a bit but less dark, I would say. Than... Shares characters with Station Eleven. Yes, yeah. 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 Um, but equally, Station, of Le- Station Eleven's really good. It's actually my favourite. But um, And a yeah. great TV series. Yes. So definitely check out uh, her books because I thought they could be up your street. Great recommendations. Oh, yeah. Okay, so that's just about the end of the show. Do join us next week when we'll be doing a deep dive on Dolly Alderton's latest novel, Good Material, a breakup story from the man's perspective, as well as dishing out some recommendations for you, our lovely listeners. As always, links to everything we've been talking about today will be in the show notes. Please feel free to like and subscribe to the pod, tell a friend or leave us a review. It all helps. If you're looking for your next great read and you'd like to be part of the show, send us your recommendation request to ntpramsgate at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at novelthoughts underscore pod. Goodbye. Bye.